Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. Father, we thank you for the giving of your people. We ask that you receive it, that it be used for the expansion of your kingdom here on earth. We pray that the blessing that is seen in the life of the giver and the tither will be evident in all our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, wave at someone and have a seat. God bless you. Welcome to church. <laughs> you can have a seat in the presence of your, of your father. All right. Um, if you're joining us online today for the, for the first time, we want to welcome you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Um, we know that there's a million and one things that you could be doing, whether it's your first time or not, you know, but you chose to spend this time with us in God's word. You're welcome. And those of you who made it into the room, I've already told you, you deserve a badge of honor. Okay? Because I looked outside the window this morning and I said, okay, today is the day. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made. All right. Um, hopefully... This guy is here, so I know that somebody's going to laugh, so there's no problem. Let's go. During the collection last week, the pastor of my church announced, I have good news and bad news. Which do you want first? The good news <laughs> is that we have more than enough money for all the current and future needs of the church. The bad news is that it's still in your pockets. <laughs> oh, I like this pastor. Please, all these things are jokes, so jokes. I'm begging you, they are just jokes. Don't build a doctrine around these jokes. <laughs> I'm just warning you. An angel appears at a faculty meeting and tells the dean, in return for your unselfish and exemplary behavior, the Lord will reward you with your choice of infinite wealth, wisdom, or beauty. The professor thought for a minute and said, give me infinite wisdom. Done, says the angel, before disappearing in a cloud of smoke. And then all the people turned to the professor who now sat in a, in a hollow of light. Well, say something wise. So he stands up and with the poise of Socrates says, uh, I think I should have taken the wealth. <laughs> uh, that is wisdom speaking. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Our newly appointed pastor was being briefed by the housekeeper on problems in the rectory that required immediate attention. Your roof needs repair, father, she said. Your water pressure is bad, and your furnace is not working. Now, Mrs. Kelly, the priest said, you've been the housekeeper here for five years, and I've only been here for a few days. Why don't you say our roof and our furnace instead? Okay, Father. Several weeks later, the pastor was meeting with the bishop and several other priests. Mrs. Kelly burst into the office suddenly, terribly upset, and said, Father, Father, there's a mouse in our room, and it's under our bed. That's a very bad arrangement. <laughs> All right, say this with me. Say every day and in every way. I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. One more time, I'm becoming more like Jesus. Say in my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we have come before your word again today like people that have found a great treasure. We ask for eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear his voice. 
hearts that understand who we are in Jesus and who Jesus Christ is in us. I ask that you anoint me and my lips of clay so that your word will come unhindered and unsupervised by any demonic force. So that at the end of this message, everybody will be edified and you alone will, re will receive all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we've, we started this series last week uh, that we call Tis the Season. And last week we talked about Tis the Season to Let Love Lead. Today I have a very interesting one. And we've called it Tis the Season to Be Salty. You will understand it in a minute, okay? Can you say that with me? Tis the season to be salty. Ba la 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 la. All right. Let's, let's try and get some context, okay? Colossians chapter number four. Turn your Bibles. Colossians chapter four, verse six. Colossians chapter number four, verse six. We're going to build our entire message today on this one verse. I will give you my point ahead of time, and then I'll read a bunch of scriptures. But it's going to be good, okay? Everybody, let's read together. I want to go. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Have you ever had tasteless food? You know, like when somebody cooks a dinner and they invited you to their house, and the person that cooked the food is sitting opposite to you on the table, and they suddenly ask, how is the food? And then you say, <laughs> It's very good. It's very good. But deep down in your heart, you know that this is the farthest thing from good. So everybody loves well-seasoned food. Everybody loves food that tastes right, that tastes good. Okay? So we want to look at that concept. Uh, and it's interesting that the Bible will use that expression to say our speech is supposed to be seasoned with salt uh, so that it can be tasty, so that it can taste well and it can be enjoyable by everybody that comes around it. Okay, so it's important for this season, but it's also important beyond this season for our lives in general. All right, so, so this, this uh, Christmas season, this weekend, next weekend, you're going to be gathering with your family. I mean, we had uh, the church one uh, last week where, you know, everybody was at our place and eating. The reason why some of you were taking second round and third round is because the food was tasting okay. Okay, uh -huh. and you, you stayed up till six o'clock. If, if the food was not good, you would have gone home. So everybody likes, you know, good food. And more importantly, our words are things that we can't take back from people. I mean, if you eat something bad, you can, you can replace it, you know, with something that tastes better. But words are very damaging. They are very dangerous. And in, in Nigeria, we have a proverb that it's like an egg. And when you drop it, you cannot pack it up. Uh, and, uh, an uncooked egg, if you drop it and it breaks, you can never have that egg back. Whole. There's nothing you can do. That's the way our words are. So this is so important. So when you are gathering with your family, you know, and that your auntie, you know, there's that side of the family that everybody doesn't like. Uh -huh. So, but they'll, they'll be there. All of them will be there at the Christmas dinner. So you have to know how you ought to answer everybody. You, the, the way I would speak to Samson, for instance, is not the same way I would speak to Nicole, uh -huh, for example. I'm learning that, uh -huh, that people are different, especially in a church like this where there are people from different nationalities. We were here on Saturday and I was trying to crack a joke with her. And I could see that the joke was not landing properly. <laughs> you know, when you're, you are looking at Afia, you know that this joke is not sitting right. So I have to retrace my steps, all right? So we have, to be, we have to adjust our words. And today I'm going to come for a lot of things that you like. So pardon me, okay? My job is just to, I'm, I'm just a messenger. My job is just to open this Bible and show you what it says, okay? So we need grace to know how we ought to answer everybody. So what does it mean for our words, for us to speak with grace, seasoned with salt? What does that mean? My three points. Number one, it means you are not going to leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth. That's the first thing that it means. So when the Bible says, let your speech be always with grace, 
not with judgment, it's with grace, seasoned with salt. It means you don't leave a bad taste in someone's mouth. When you finish speaking to someone, it's not like food. You know, you, you don't, when you eat food that is not well seasoned, it leaves a bad taste. So it's the same thing with our words. It's saying that we must not leave a bad taste. When you say food is seasoned, what you are saying is that there is a measurement of the seasoning that was poured into the food in proportion to the size of the food. It was measured. It was thought out. There is a recipe. If you got it from HelloFresh or whatever, they gave you the recipe to say, you know, this is how, how much of this you should put. So it's the same thing with our words. Our words have to be measured. They have to be measured. You have to think through what you want to say and process it before it lands, especially for the people that are closest to you, especially. I know it's, it's easier for you to respect people outside, people that are, you know, your colleagues or your neighbors than it is your own family. You can, it's very easy to be nasty towards your family. It's very, very easy. Trust me, I know it firsthand. It's very easy. You can be grumpy, gringe in the house. Just be grumpy up and down in the whole place. I catch myself a lot of times, especially when I've had a stressful day at work, you know, talking to those people that are mentally okay um, on one side of the room and on the other side of the room, you don't know what you're going to expect because the job we do is very, very, you know, is, is that kind of environment. So you might leave there feeling stressed and you want to take it out on your family members. You know, you want to, and your child comes and they are running at you and they hug you and you say, why are you, why are you kicking my shoe? Why are you kicking me? And the boy was just, you know, so you are taking out your frustration of work. Maybe your supervisor screamed at you before you left. And you are taking it out on everybody. We have to be careful about that. that we, we extend love and grace to everybody around us. Not just for this season, don't forget, I keep saying that, but into the rest of your life, okay? So that's the first thing. Number two, your words are supposed to build up and not tear down. What it means that your words are seasoned with, with salt is that they build up and they don't tear down. You are, you, are, you are speaking with grace. You are not speaking with condemnation. You are not speaking with judgment. You are building people up and not tearing down. Number three, it means you don't allow corrupt communication. Corrupt communication. I'm going to shed, shed more light on all those three things. So let's look at the scriptures now. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Let's see what the Bible has to say about all of these things that we're, we're talking about. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29 from the New Living Translation. Look at what it says. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. As Christians, we don't use bad language. It's not just um, our children that we tell that to. You know, don't stop using bad language. You know, for, even for us as adults, we need to understand that as, as Christians, bad language is not part of our agenda, okay? It's not part of it at all. We don't tell dirty jokes. Uh -huh. It's not, it's not permiss permissible as a child of God. If your words are going to be seasoned with grace, you cannot tolerate dirty jokes. Look at another scripture here in Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 3 to 4. Ephesians 5, 3 to 4. It says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed amongst you. Such sins have no place among God's people. And, and I want to put the emphasis on, on those last two words. It's saying among God's people. We cannot tell the world how to live, but the Bible is telling us how we are supposed to live our lives as Christians because there's supposed to be a difference between us and the world. Then he says, look at the, the, the things he's putting in the same category. He's putting sexual immorality, impurity, greed in the same category as obscene stories, as foolish talk, you know, and, and, and what I just talked about, jokes that are not, you know, that, uh, that don't edify anybody. Uh, and, you know, it's very easy 
to make jokes with, you know, sexual things or things that are not decent. It's easier than to find the kind of jokes that I share with you. <laughs> Those ones are harder to find. They're harder to come by, right? Than, you know, just making jokes about anything. But as Christians, we need to understand that that is not part of our lifestyle. It says, these are not for you. They are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. There's one thing, one expression that I learned to say a long time ago when I was in school. And, and that is, uh, I learned it from Pastor Chris. He always said, thank you, Lord Jesus. Like, when he's preaching, any, any little thing, you hear him say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I, I, I picked up that expression that every time something upsets me or something, you know, triggers me and I want to react, I just say under my breath, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's what the Bible says. It says, it says let there be thankfulness to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right? You, you might say, oh, that's Christianese, but it's better than you, you know, allowing your words to be corrupt, allowing yourself to say things that ordinarily you shouldn't say. And then one day when you become the prime minister of, of Canada, a journalist will upset you, and then you just hear the F-bomb will just come out of your mouth, boom, you know, from the thing, and that will be the end of your tenure, okay? So it's not just good for spiritual things. And you know it's funny that the, the world is very hypocritical, though. The same world that everybody uses it, you know, but they expect that if you are going to be our leader, <laughs> you should not use it, <laughs> you know? And so it's very funny. So we don't, we, don't, we don't make dirty jokes, and we don't laugh at dirty jokes. We don't encourage dirty jokes. Uh -huh. my, my people know me at, my, at work that I'm not, I'm not in that game. I don't do that. Uh -huh. If you are going to make a dirty joke around me, I will let you know that the Lord is here and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's, there's liberty. <laughs> okay? And I can tell you, you know, because secondhand uh, corrupt communication is more dangerous. You know what they say about smoking? That secondhand smoking is more dangerous than people that actually smoke. The guy who is smoking is puffing and blowing out most of what he's taking in. You who is sitting down with him, all you are doing is inhaling. <laughs> You're just taking everything. So that's what happens with, with bad language too. You know? And I know that we can't run away. Like the Bible says, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We can't run away from our environment or the, where we work, but we can guard our hearts. That's why the Bible says we should guard our hearts with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. So we must learn to do that. Why? Why do we need to do this? Look at what James has to say about this. James chapter number 3 from verse 10 to 11. James says, And so blessing and cursing. Come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. This is not right. Again, you see, he's saying, my brothers and sisters, he's talking to Christians. He's not saying that I'm telling the world how to do their thing. No, he's talking to Christians. He says, does the spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? So that's what he's saying, that you come to church on Sunday, and like we just sang, glorious, Sing it out loud. Then on Monday morning, F-bomb flying everywhere. Boom, 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 boom. F, 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 everywhere. <laughs> I just throw it everywhere. So we have, to be, we have to be careful. It says this is not supposed to be so, does it? If you see spring water that is bubbling out, fresh water and bitter water at the same time, what would you say? This thing is confused. Yeah, it's the same thing with some Christians. Some Christians are confused. They're confused. They don't really know, you know where they want to belong because it's very easy to belong to the world and to just blend in. It's, it's so easy. And it's so dangerous. But we have to be extremely careful. The F word in particular is not for believers. No, no it's not for believers. It's not something, if, if you are still in that, you know, in, in, in that, because I know it's easy, especially here. If you grew up here, oh my God. Ah, it is, in fact, this week I had to find the origin of the thing because I said, I'm going to preach. So I asked somebody in the office, I said, I'm going to preach this week about this, you know, this F word. So I want to know what the origin is. So the person wanted to Google it on the work computer. I said, no, no, that's, not, that's a bad idea. If I Google it on the work computer. <laughs> so, so during break, they went and Googled it for me. And they came and told me what it meant. So actually, it was a king, you know, back in the day that 
that you know, started this thing, but it was meant to be a good thing. It was an expression that he issued as, as a way to say when two people get married, to say you are now permitted to, to uh, conjugate, I mean, what, what's that thing that they say? To consummate your marriage. Uh -huh. That's what it was meant for. But you trust the devil. You know the devil is very, uh -uh. you know the devil. So he took it over time and just, you know, twisted it upside down and now everybody, so, I mean, that meaning is long gone. Some of you did not even know that. That's me, I didn't know too until they told me. So that meaning is long gone. So when you use it now, people just think that you are being cool or you are being, you know, or when, you know, you are very upset. You know, some people tell you, I don't use the F word every time, but when I'm really mad, when I'm really mad, that's how you know that I'm really mad. So I'm going to ask you, are you really a Christian? Are you really, really a Christian? <laughs> okay? Because, I mean, Jesus had the opportunity of using the F word. Do you know that? He had the chance. Let me show you the story. This would have been the perfect story. Perfect example of where Jesus should have, you know, if it was okay, he should have used it here. When he was chasing away the people from the temple that were selling. See, he said, then Jesus went into the temple of God, Matthew 21, 12 to 13, and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold, who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So, I, I bet Jesus was really upset here, but I don't see him putting F-words in the thing, you know, and sending people out with it. So we need to, if we're, if we're saying that we want to be more like Jesus every day in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions, that is one of the things that we need to, we need to guard against. So let me ask you, what is, what is the biggest difference that could possibly exist between two people, between two human beings? I want you to think about it for a moment. What is the biggest difference that could exist between two people? Of course, if you attend this church, you already know that skin color is not the biggest difference that exists between two people. Uh -huh. We are all the same. You know that sex or gender is not the biggest difference. Uh -huh. There's male, there's female, but every one of us are one. If you, if you are here for the anniversary, by now you know that uh, we are all one. So that's not the biggest difference. And right now, they are trying to also put division between us. Uh, some people are vaxxed, some people are unvaxxed. So, I mean, even journalists that don't know what they are doing, they are also doing that. They want to write somebody's name in an headline, say, unvaccinated so-and-so, as if it's a title that you now wear on your head. Unvaccinated so-and-so. Very unprofessional thing that they do, but, you know, who know, these days now, with blogging now, there's no more professionalism. It pains me because I went to school to study this thing. Yeah, I went to school to study this thing called journalism, but now they just write rubbish. So they will label people, this one is vaxxed, this one is unvaxxed. You know, like somebody sent us a, a letter the other day, um, when we still had the sign outside, I'm an unmaxed, unvaxxed individual. Am I permitted in your church? Ah, say God. So now there's now this division, you know. So people are now even classifying themselves as, you know, based on that. So vaccine is not the biggest difference between us. That cannot be. Cannot be immigration status. You know, either you are, you are PR or you are work permits, you know. Oh, no, no, no. That's not the biggest difference. I'm just giving you all the examples of what is not. But I want you to think about it. What is the biggest difference between two? Can, what can be? What can possibly be the biggest difference between two human beings? It's not whether you, you are a homeowner or you are a renter. You know, there's that one too now. You know, are you a homeowner or are you a renter? <laughs> you, know, you know, that cannot be the biggest difference. <laughs> so what is it? Let's look at the Bible. Matthew chapter number 24. Let's see what the difference is. Matthew 24 from verse 37. It says, but as the days of Noah were so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. 
Pay attention now. It says, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other will be left. 42, it says, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. So let me take it from the bottom. It says, you don't know when your Lord is coming. So it's, again, he's not talking to everybody. He's talk, talking to those who are waiting for their Lord to come. So there are some people that are not waiting for their Lord. Uh-huh. But the difference between these two people that we have seen, both the men and the women, is that one was taken and the other was left. Why? Because one is a believer and the other one is not. It's as simple as that. So the difference that could possibly exist between two human beings, the biggest difference, is that one believes in Jesus and the other one does not. And we will see it when the day comes. Because some people have forgotten that Jesus is coming again. No? They are for, some people have forgotten that he's no longer in the agenda. They think that, no, 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 maybe because of climate change, Jesus has changed his mind. You know? Maybe he has forgotten that he's supposed to come back. <laughs> but he's coming again, okay? So that's the biggest event that could exist between two human beings. So when we are on the earth, we have to understand that this place is not our permanent destination. We are here on a journey. We are, there, there is, except you don't believe this stuff. We have to get to the point where we ask ourselves, do we really believe this? Because if you believe it, then you have to start to live like you do believe it. Uh-huh. That one day, my Lord is coming for me. So the way that I live my life has to be different from the way that other people live their lives. And what will determine who will be left and who will be taken is one person believes and the other does not believe. Let me shock you. Do you know there's no marriage in heaven? Do you know that me and Dockers are not going to be married in heaven? It's, it's painful to me. I don't like that. That fact, I don't like it. <laughs> it's very painful. But it doesn't, marriage doesn't exist in heaven. So if, if Dockers, for instance, you know, he believes that me, I now decide that you know, I'm just doing my own thing. This can happen. It says one will be taken, the other will be left. Uh-huh. So you have to understand that in spiritual things, it's about indiv- individually you are going to face a judgment by yourself. You will face God and give account of your life on earth. So these are things that we need to put in perspective and begin to think about because there is supposed to be are you sleeping? There's supposed to be a difference. That's what I've been saying since. There's supposed to be a difference. There's supposed to be a difference between us and the world, okay? First John chapter number 2, verse 15. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We must love God and people, not things. We must love God and love people, not things. I love my wife. I love my kids. But I don't love my PlayStation 5. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, no, I don't love my car. No, no. I love my wife because she's made in the image of God. Because the Bible says God is love. <laughs> so I can't, I can't use that same expression. You know, and again, I'm talking to Christians. You understand what I'm saying this morning? That This sounds very strange when you're talking to people who are not Christians. They, they look at you like, ah, why are you so deep? Why? Why do you have to be so deep <laughs> about everything? But that's what the Bible says. So if the Bible says God is love, I can't, I can't use that same expression to say, oh, my, my PS5 just arrived. I love my PS5. I love it. I'm using style to tell you what I want for Christmas, okay? So <laughs> I love my PS5. No, it's, it's God gives us all things richly to enjoy, but you can't be attached. You cannot be attached to anything. Matthew chapter 6, let's begin to tie it up. Matthew 6 from verse 19 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. 
Verse 21 says, verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because your heart always goes in the direction you put your treasure. It's not the other way around. No. You know, we, we think of it and say, okay, maybe my treasure will follow my heart. So my money will go where my heart is. No, no, no. Your heart always goes where you put your money. That's what happens. So if you are not deliberate, the day you start, you, you buy your first Microsoft shares, huh? every day you'll be looking on, your, on the app and be checking what is happening to the stock. I'm telling you, every single day. Because your heart always goes in the direction of your treasure. The day you started giving to church, your level of interest in the church changed. You know, when we started church, my wife, you know, of course, my wife has always been very supportive, you know, but I decided to do some things deliberately just to increase, step up, because there are levels in this thing. To bump up a level of interest in the thing. You know what I did? One day she got one money. I've told you this story before. One nice amount of money. That was her personal money. So I told her, I said, what we're going to do with this money is that we're going to buy a camera, a video camera, the professional one. So that camera that you're looking at, I bought it with her money. The day I told her, she shouted, ah! But now she has gotten over it. One day, I came here and I announced. I said, thank God for the person that bought us this clicker. You know, because we're using this other clicker that was just doing anyhow. So this one was a more expensive one, but because it has a long range, I can reach the back. So I said, thank God for the person that bought this thing. Then we're driving home. She asked me that, ah, who bought us the clicker? I said, you are the one that bought it. <laughs> she said, ah, what do you mean I'm the one? I said, check your card. You will see that you are the one that bought it. <laughs> but what I saw that happened was her level of interest started changing. Not that she wasn't interested before, but it now became, this morning we were coming to church and we wanted to bring two cars just so that we can help if anybody you know, needs a ride back home. And we got to where the car was parked outside. And we were already running a bit behind our normal. You know, we had, we had to be here at least 30 minutes before church. So she saw the car was covered in snow. She said, ah, no, no, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. Let's go. Let's go. We will, we will wait in church. You can use this car. Let's just go. We are getting late. Ah, I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> this is my wife. This is my wife. <laughs> you know, because I'm telling you, this thing is practical. You try it. You will see what I'm saying. It's practical. Anywhere your treasure has been deposited, your interest will change. Your, the reason why some of us are not interested in the kingdom is because we have no investment in the kingdom. There is no investment. All our equity is on it, is in our house. So we don't have any interest in the things of God because our vested interest, we have not laid up treasures in heaven. We have not. So we, we, when, when they say church, you look at it as, you know, like I was saying during the offering message, as a favor that you are doing to someone. Say, so let's, let's go to their church and just support them. If we don't go, there will be nobody there. So let's just go. Let's just support them, you know. He that has an ear, let him hear. So finally, we need to be careful who we mingle with this season. As we tie this whole thing up, let's be careful when we go to all those places. If you are going to go somewhere, and when you get home, you have to repent of all your sins. You know those places that you go, and conversations you have, that the minute you step into your house, you remove your shoe, you have to kneel down and say, Father, forgive me <laughs> for these conversations that I just had. No, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. There's no need to go there. 1 Corinthians 15.33. 1 Corinthians 15.33. Here's what it says. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Do you want to know something that is more contagious than COVID? It's evil com communication. I'm telling you. It's more contagious than Omicron, than Demicron, and Vericron. More contagious. So you have to be careful. You have to be careful. Make sure that you are watching out for where you are going, the words that are coming out of your mouth. Make sure they are seasoned with salt. Speaking with grace, seasoned with salt. That it builds up people. It doesn't tear down people. 
that it doesn't leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth, and you are not allowing corrupt communication to come out of your mouth. So I hope with these few points of mine, I've been able to convince you and not to confuse you. All right, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for, the, for your word today, and by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish every single one of us under the sound of my voice in this truth, and indeed in all righteousness, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, quick announcements uh, before we step out today. Um, you need to give me a prize today. See, I finished so early today, you know. I'm going to be out of here, you know. Bonus. Thank you. That's my wife, you see. All right, so a few announcements. This Friday is Christmas Eve, okay. Um, unfortunately, there's been a few people that, you know, because of the new announcements, people have been sending me a lot of messages. In fact, one lady was asking me yesterday, I showed my wife the message, she was asking, are we going to be, are we going to ask for vaccination? And I told her, I said, unfortunately, that's what they want us to do. That's why we're asking people to register, okay? So at least take that first step and register. We don't know what the, the rules will be by then, but make sure you are registered. The point of the registration is that we can account for the people that were in the room, uh -huh. that we can say these are the number of people that came and these are their names. So if we, are, we need to do you know, contact tracing or whatever, which, honestly, we don't have to worry about that. Look around you. Like, there's space here. If we have to crash uh, something and put him inside the wall, <laughs> we'll crash him. <laughs> there's space here. I mean, you don't have to worry about that. So I, I tried my best to respond to the messages, but if you're watching online this morning and you're wondering about that, yes, we will be, we will be spaced out. We will be following all the requirements, we will be masking, we will be following all the rules. But please make sure you register for it, all right, if you are coming, because there's going to be more people than you see around you today, okay? Uh, a lot of people are interested in that, and hopefully they, they, are, they have the confidence to show up. Um, we trust God that during the week they will not come and make another announcement, because now the announcements are just very scary. When they say there's a press conference, <laughs> my heart just starts to beat that. <laughs> what are they going to say now again, you know? So we'll keep watching out for that, all right? So try to invite someone as well. Pick up a card before you leave uh, and try to invite at least one person. Okay, all the people that come to your house for, to visit you, invite them. And then the upper, upper weekend, which is the next Friday, uh, December 31st, we'll be here. So Christmas Eve is 7.30, okay? I forgot to mention, 7.30 p.m. On, on Friday we'll be here. It's going to be a short service, it's one hour long, but it's going to be... Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.